This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. This is episode number two in a three-part series on how to build lasting habits, leveraging the science of behavior design. In today's episode, I'll unpack how your values anchor your actions, and we'll discuss the FOG behavior design model, a simple model that will help you consistently take action even when you don't feel like it. But before we get started, please take two seconds and hit the subscribe button on whichever listening platform is you are listening on, as this is one of the best ways that you can help support the podcast. In the last episode, I introduced the concept of behavior design and the framework we will use for creating habits. If you haven't listened to that episode, I strongly suggest you go back and listen to that first as that's setting up this podcast. The framework starts with developing a SMART goal, a specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based goal. And it's anchored in a strong why linked to your values, followed by action, and finalized by celebration or acknowledgement. Today, I want to focus on how to take action when you don't feel like it. During my sports career, I worked with some amazing people, but what separated the average from elite wasn't always physical or psychological prowess. It was that they were able to push through very difficult trials, such as injuries or performance setbacks, or when most people quit, they kept going. I learned that goals don't always hold up when it gets tough. That is something only a value can withstand. As my good friend and former guest, Dr. Peter Haberl says, goals are a destination. Values are more about a direction. Goals are about the future. Values are about what we want to be right now. Values anchor decisions and lead you to sustainable actions. And with that, you can create a stronger foundation for your life. Now, there are four things that I want you to know about values. The first one is values are enduring qualities that are important to you. They are self-selected and are reflected in how you live your life. For instance, if you value excellence, then you have a high standard for yourself, your work, or maybe your relationships. There are four key things I want you to know about values. Number one, values are enduring qualities that are important to you. They are self-selected and are reflected in how you live your life. For instance, if you value excellence, then you have a high standard for yourself, your work, and your relationships. And there are many ways to clarify your values. And so I've added an exercise to the show notes that you can use to narrow down your values to what I think is important is to get three to four core values. You don't want to have too many or it's going to get hard to remember. I find it most helpful to like to print off a list of values with their definitions and begin there and then go through the elimination exercise I put in the show notes to help you narrow your list down to values that are most important to you. Knowing your values focuses your attention and it saves energy. That's number two. And there are so many aspects of our lives that we give our attention to. By knowing your values, you can be intentional with your actions and brush the rest of the side. So for instance, I value faith. So I know that I need to take time every morning to pray and read my Bible. These actions not only anchor my life, but they put fuel in my tank. And for me, I know that it's just as important as putting physical food in my body. 
knowing that I'm anchored on faith, I can be thoughtful and loving throughout my day. So I'm giving my attention to my faith and it gives and saves energy also. Your values can also help you make decisions about your life. Family is my second most important value. While my professional life is extremely important, a few years ago, I realized how it was at times negatively impacting my family life. So I decided to find a job that allowed me to spend a little bit more time with my family. Now, I'm not suggesting you do exactly what I did, which is I quit my job on my 40th birthday to start a new venture and move halfway across the country. But by using your values, you can increase your happiness when you align them with your life. The fourth thing is your values are a motivational superpower that will enable you to push through negative emotions. Let's examine a failed attempt of mine to read more a few years ago and the lessons that I learned. So I had this idea that, you know, this goal that I wanted to read 10 pages a day. But here's what happened. On day 15, I was good all the way up to about day 15. Work was nuts. The kids were crazy as kids are sometimes. When I went to wind down for bed, I just felt too tired. I was exhausted and I didn't want to do my reading. What I should have done was reframe my negative feelings to see my 10-page reading as part of my value for growth and lifelong learning. Then I would have been able to take action in the face of adversity. So when negative emotions come up, if you have a strong value, like I value growth, so I'm taking this action because I value this or I'm getting up in the morning and for me spending time in the Bible or praying because I value my faith or I'm not going to watch TV. I'm going to spend time with my kids because I value my family. Now it's easier to take action. A values driven life is remarkable because of its ability to steer you in the direction of the things that are most important to you. It's like it's like your North Star. This doesn't mean you'll be perfect every day, but by anchoring yourself on solid ground, you'll be able to pursue challenging goals and find joy in the process. Okay, now I'm going to shift our attention and I want to talk about the fog behavior design model because this will kind of fill in the blanks on taking action. According to Dr. BJ Fogg, the author of a book called Tiny Habits, there are only three variables that drive behavior, motivation, ability, and prompt. So he has this equation, B equals M-A-P, or B equals MAP. Behavior happens when motivation, ability, and prompt come together at the same moment. Motivation is your desire to do the behavior. Ability is your capacity to do the behavior. And prompt is your cue to do the behavior. And the goal is to get across the action line every day or each time you want to take action towards your goal. So there's an example I love in the book that I'm going to modify. And I think it's perfect to illustrate how this works. And that's flossing your teeth. So let's say you go see your dentist and she says that you need to start flossing your teeth or you're going to get gum disease. Okay. So you're kind of on red alert. Motivation is really high because you don't want gum disease. So you may start flossing all your teeth several days a week. But after a few weeks, your motivation begins to drop, and so you just stop it all together. Key thing to remember is that the more motivated you are to do a behavior, the more likely you are to do that behavior. And when it's high, people not only take action, but they'll do very difficult things. So have you ever heard somebody say, oh, you just need to get motivated? Well, that's not something that you want to rely on all the time. When motivation is low... The key is to adjust the action so it's small enough to get across the line, hence the name of his book, Tiny Habits. He always suggests starting small. So let's go back to the teeth flossing example. If you're really motivated, floss all your teeth. When motivation is low, just floss one tooth. That's it. 
And then as we'll talk about in the next episode, then you need to celebrate or acknowledge, hey, I did a good job. Your action can and should adjust to the level of your motivation. This is how you consistently get across the action line towards your goal. So let's say like you working out, like some days you feel like going 90 minutes and some days you're like, you know what, I'm just going to knock out 20 minutes and that is okay. So we have motivation, ability, or the degree of difficulty or how easy or hard something is to do. The harder the behavior is to do, the less likely you are to do it. Pretty simple. If I ask you to read the title of this podcast, that's easy. You just pause, scan to the episode and read it. Now, if I ask you to listen, take notes on that and deliver a presentation for an hour long podcast, that's an entirely different story. You may not have the time for it, or you may have to like borrow a friend's computer or make slides, or maybe you don't know how to make a PowerPoint presentation, whatever. It's harder, but motivation and ability work together. Motivation is high. You can push yourself to do more difficult things. If motivation is low, you have to adjust the degree of difficulty to get across the action line. Now we're going to talk about the third component to the equation that's prompt. If you don't have a prompt, your motivation and ability will not matter. You need an anchoring moment to do the action or a degree of separation from what you don't want to do, maybe an action you don't want to perform. So let's go back to flossing the teeth. The prompt could be when I brush my teeth, I will floss my teeth or tooth depending on my motivation. So the prompt to floss is brushing your teeth is something that already occurs. Now, let's say you want to avoid eating sweets. Well, if I want to avoid sweets, I will remove them from my house so I'm not prompted to eat them because if sweets are within your reach or in your view, most likely you're going to be reaching for them. So let's recap the FOG model. Behavior equals MAP, motivation, ability, prompt. Motivation and ability uh, are work together and they will determine how hard it will be to take action. And these, these are variables. Sometimes motivation's high, motivation's low. Sometimes the action or the ability can be hard or easy. But prompt is fixed, so it's not going to change. It could be an anchoring moment or it could be a degree of separation. If you want to take a deeper dive into the subject, I strongly recommend reading the book Tiny Habits. It's excellent. In the next episode, we'll be discussing the final piece of our behavior design model, which is celebration or acknowledgement. If this episode was helpful, please share it with someone you know that's in the process of pursuing a new goal or maybe a New Year's resolution, as I'm pretty sure this is going to be really helpful on their journey. And if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoy it, please leave a comment on Apple Podcasts as my goal is to reach 150 comments by February 1st. Apple promotes podcasts with greater number of comments and reviews and puts them in the news and noteworthy section. And it's my goal to share this information with as many people as we can. So I'd really appreciate your help in that. Thanks again, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.